Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship, a show designed to deepen your faith in God, or as Jason likes to say, I do love to say it, the show that helps you grow. The show that helps you grow. We are going through our series on race in the gospel, and I'm really excited for today. We're going to talk about what we're learning, things that are sitting with us, and things that we feel like God has placed on us um, that we want to dig a little bit deeper on. So I'm excited to get into that today. Jason, how are you doing? I am doing, you know what? I'm doing pretty darn well, Brandon. How are you doing? Pretty darn well, all things considered. I'm doing pretty good too. Yeah, I'm excited uh, because, um, you know what? I don't know exactly why I'm excited. I just I just am. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I, I'm, I've been really excited about this whole series that we've been in. Um, yes. This episode, you could call it a wrap-up episode, but we're not calling it a wrap-up episode. It's more of a, a things that we've learned, a recap, things that we are just sitting with, we are chewing on out of all of the great conversations that we've had. I'm sure that this is a topic, a conversation that we will continue again to have um, at different points. Um, so that's why we're not going to call it a wrap-up show. It's not like, hey, we're going to tie a bow on this and put it off in the closet. No, we're, it's, uh, you know, we are just going to take a break from addressing it every week as a series right. and instead know that it's something that we will be spending more time on again in the future. And we've been doing these um, recap episodes for the last few series we did. We did that for time um, and we did it for um, spiritual antidotes. And you guys seem to really like these recap episodes. They usually do well and, uh, and you guys usually have more comments on these episodes, which is great. So, um, so we're excited to do one for this one. And as always, please feel free to comment uh, on YouTube or to send us an email at maturity at saddleback.com. And um, always feel free to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcasting app as well. And uh, yeah, we got some great nuggets today. I believe I'm starting. Go for it. Right? Yeah, That's what we're doing? Off. Yep. All right. So my first nugget is don't enter into conversation with any assumptions. So don't, you know, if, if you want to have a conversation specific, even particularly around race in the gospel, don't come into it with any assumptions thinking, I know exactly what this person is thinking or feeling. I know exactly what this person has experienced. Like, like I, I know what's really going on. Don't, don't come into it thinking that you know what's really going on. Don't enter into assumptions and leave your politics at the door when you're entering into mm. these conversations. I think that's very important because what you are about to do is just sit down with another person. You're about to sit down with another human being and have a conversation and you're going to ask questions and what I wrote down about this was that listening and empathy and loving is apolitical. Yeah. Right. That's good. So, so your politics, whatever they may be, have should not impact your ability to listen to another person and hear their story or hear their thoughts your politics should not impact your empathy or your ability to empathize with another person. 
and your politics should not impact your ability to love another person and to treat them with love, to act in love, to think in love, to listen in love. Um, and so, so to me, this is just kind of a big takeaway in, in, in everything that we've been thinking about and, and all the great interviews and the people that we've been able to talk with and even just following the national conversation that's been going on. Um, it, it needs to start with a place of listening. It needs to start with this idea of conversations. Anthony put a great, um, in last week's episode, we were talking about a proximity breeds empathy. And that's such a great, that's, that means that conversation is such a win because you are in proximity. And Pastor Rick always says, you spell love T-I-M-E, right? Um, and so giving another person your time to listen to them, to truly listen, not just hear, but listen, and to empathize, to ask questions, to show that you are caring and that you, and that you genuinely want to understand the plight of another person um, is something that is so important for a believer, so important for a Christian, so important for a disciple. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about a few different times how Jesus looked on the crowds with compassion, how Jesus took the time and he looked in people's eyes and he listened to them. He asked them what they needed. He asked them what, what need they have, what hurt they have. He asked them what was going on. And I think sometimes we uh, can find ourselves in a place where we just either don't want to take the time to properly listen and learn and care in love, or we enter into these conversations with all of our preconceived notions or assumptions or our politics, and that, and when we take those with us into conversations, you are then usually no longer listening to the other person. You are passing everything they say through your filter of politics, and you are yeah. warping everything as it enters your brain. Mm you are taking the words that they're saying and either saying, well, that's not true. That's your perspective. That's, you know, well, 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 I've heard this, well, I've read this, you know, all that stuff. And then it gets into your brain through those filters. And then you start not truly listening or empathizing or loving. Instead, you are coming in with usually with judgments or, um, or with apathy sometimes. And so, but to be a, or I think the proper way to do it in, in what we've been learning a lot during this season is to what it means to be a true listener, a true empathizer and a true lover of other people. So that's been something for me. That's good, man. I, I really like how you said that listening, learning, loving, empathy, these, these are apolitical. Um, and I think that's a great point. You know, when you go into a conversation and you have, you're like, okay, 
here are my political talking points. How did this person say it? I think I heard this in a video one time and you're trying to sift through these talking points, these ideas, and you're trying to bring that into a conversation. You can't have a conversation. It, it just doesn't work. Um, and maybe we've done that, or maybe you've been in conversations with other people who they did that to you yeah. and you're hitting a wall because you, you can't get past <coughs> someone else's idea. You can't get past someone else's talking point. You can't get to the human side of the conversation. Um, it reminds me, I think it was, I can't remember what brand it was. This was a few years ago. It might've been, I think it was a beer brand. It might've been like Heineken or something. I remember they, they brought these people. They're, they're like polar opposites of each other different groupings into a room um, and they filmed them, but they didn't tell them anything about the other person. Um, so they go in and they're starting to ask questions, you know, like what, what's your family like? Where are you from? Kind of normal, mm-hmm. normal questions you would ask someone if you're trying to get to know someone, what type of music do you like? Oh, I like that type of music too. Blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada. You know, that, that type of conversation. Um, and they let it go on for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and then they, then they tell them this person believes this, or this person identifies as this, or this person does X, Y, and Z, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, if they're, they're both kind of taken back, like, Oh, wh- uh, uh, if I met you on the internet, <laughs> if I met you in a comment section, this would be explosive, but I already, I already talked to you as like a normal person for mm-hmm. about 10, 15 minutes. So I can't, we can't go back and argue. We just talked about kids. <laughs> we just talked about our favorite music. That's, you, you know, and it was really, um, it was pretty eye-opening to watch these people interact with each other because they had already listened. Um, yeah. It already entered into the conversation, not with this is my political enemy or this is the polar opposite of every, it was no, like this is a person, I'm just getting to know them and we're being filmed. It's kind of cool. We're both on a set for a commercial. How yeah. cool is that? <laughs> and then when they realize they're told that they're opposites, um, yeah. it's, it was really fu- funny, not funny, maybe that's not the right word, but it was really interesting to watch them try to interact with each other because they couldn't go back to their talking points. Yeah. Um, one of the things for me, as I've been reflecting on just the episodes that we've done is our one last week with Anthony, um, the three E's Mm -hmm. examine, educate, express, and especially that third one express. Um, because I think we hop to expressing way too early. Mm -hmm. Um, we go to what, what do I feel right now? What's the last video I saw online that made the most sense to me? Okay. That is my thought. That's my idea boom, now I'm going to expressing all of this um, without doing the prior work of examining ourselves. God, is there unclean ways in me? How, should I think this way about that? How should I think about this? How, how have I been taught to think about this? What, did, what have I grown up in? What did I hear at the dinner table growing up? How did, you know, examining all the input um, and then educating my wife is reading this book right now called all things reconsidered by a guy named Knox McCoy. Um, and he has a really interesting, he, he says in the book, uh, he's a podcaster comedian type of guy. So he's not like a, it's not a, the tone of it's not super serious. Um, but he says, he says, you know, he was talking about reconsidering previously held beliefs that he had. Um, and he said, you know, I, I realize 
it's okay for me to reconsider what I had been taught. It's okay mm-hmm. for me to go back and reconsider what, what it was taught to me at the dinner table or in the car on the way to places. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to change what you think. Mm-hmm. It just means you've done some of the work of education and going, okay, I'm reconsidering this. I landed in the same spot, but at least you can say that from a place of education. And I came to this conclusion <clears throat> after having done some work, this is how I still feel about it. Um, but I can understand other viewpoints. I can understand why someone else would think different, but this is how I see it. Um, and he was saying, you know, it's a really scary thought to reconsider a belief that you have or reconsider a conviction that you, you felt, but it's okay. Um, that doesn't mean that undoes everything else that you've been taught. It doesn't mean it undoes everything else that you have believed. It just means that you're looking at it honestly. Um, and you can land in the same spot and, and that's okay. And I thought that was really interesting, but the expression part of going, I thought, man, I want to be someone I want to express, but I want to have done the previous work first, the examining, the education, um, and have the output be an overflow of the input. Um, so that, that's something I've been chewing on because I think, Myself, I think I would say, venture to say probably a lot of us get to that third step way too soon um, without yeah. having done the previous work. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think the problem that we tend to have is there are so many uh, rapid platforms for expression that yes. it makes it so much easier to jump to that one because we have the means to express in a wide way or in a Broadway, uh, very quickly, right? And so, like, you know, I have times where I start thinking through, like, man, I really wish I could just, like, post this on Twitter or on Facebook and just get these words out, you know, whatever. But then I'm always like, but let me think that through a little bit, you know, like, because I know if I just did it and I sent it or, or <laughs> I tweeted it, or I posted it or whatever, it's out there, right? And then it's, well, I probably should have thought this through a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, I think that's the, it's probably the easiest way why expression can be, is something that we tend to jump to too quickly is because either we feel pressured to or because we have the means to and our thumbs are always moving. Yeah. And it's, it's not personal, <laughs> right? Like when you, yeah, you don't see another person's tweet face when you're tweeting. Or when you comment something or when you post something on Facebook, it's, yes, you know these people or you might be acquaintances with these people, but you don't really, it's not, it, it's not like they're standing in front of you. It's not like you're having a conversation. Yeah. You're not having a conversation. There's a lot of things we would, people say, or we say on social media that we would never say if someone was standing right in front of us. And that's an issue. Um, and I found even with myself, the things that I want to, tweet um yeah there's there's not that filter of i mean the twitter's built for hot takes yeah even when you click on it it's it's the text is what's happening you know so just uh, fire it off but i think again taking that step of who am i actually talking to because sometimes i'm i'm really thinking of one person in my head or two people in my head i'm tweeting at them (laughs) subtly call yeah. a sub, you know, that, but I shouldn't yep. do that. You know, I should, if I really have an issue, I should probably text that person or mm-hmm. I should probably call that person 
Um, cause I'm not tweeting to all of, I don't have a lot of followers, but I'm not <laughs> tweeting to my fo- It's not for all of them. It's really for one or two people. And if it's, that's the case and it's like, well, why can I just go directly to them? If, if I feel like I have an issue or if I feel like I need, really need to express something or say something to them. And if that is the case, then I'm going to take a lot more time in how I express that. Make sure I know where is this coming from? Why do I feel this way before I would ever enter into a, a heavier conversation like that? Yeah, you may not have a lot of followers, but you are prevalent in the Charlotte FC scene. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Charlotte Football Club. That is my new <laughs> soccer team. And um, yeah, I, I, I actually thought about that. I was like, I probably should cool it down on my... I've just been excited. I've been it's, tweeting a lot about. It's I been love fun sports. to watch your tweets about it. I'm just saying. I've been tweeting a lot I've been, about I've been digging it. it. Um, More to come, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I, um, I did want to add to off of my first point about leaving yeah. like your politics at the door. I didn't want to say. I think there. I imagine that there may be some people who will extrapolate from that and suggest that I'm saying that we should leave Jesus at the door too. No, we should never leave Jesus at the door. Like if you're a Christian, you are always bringing your faith with you. But if you are bringing your faith with you in Jesus, then you should have no trouble listening and empathizing and loving. Because that's exactly what Jesus would do, no matter where the other person stands, no matter what their thoughts are, no matter what their religion is. Um, you should be able to sit and have a conversation where you are, are listening and empathizing and loving. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that my second point was to be a student of other people who don't look like you. Um, I think it's really important to learn about other people, to learn about their history, to learn about their background, to learn about their heritage and their culture. And I think Sometimes we can get stuck in our own ways or stuck in focusing on people that just look like us and thinking, and we spend so much time in our own culture or our own heritage that we then start to develop a bit of a complex about it where we think it's the, it should be the only one or it's the right one when that's just mm-hmm. not the truth. <laughs> that's, just not, that's just not true. Um, so I think on this, I think a great, um, kind of idea is to, is to seek diversity, not conformity. Mm. Um, especially in your relationships with other people, especially, um, in the way that you interact with other people. Um, yeah, to, you know, ask people about their background, ask people what, their home life is like, what their culture is like, the things that they like, the thing, you know, how, how they think about things and how they process through history, especially because people, especially uh, people who don't look like you have a different history a lot of times. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of that history can impact and affect the way that they think about things now. So it's, so that's a big part of these conversations is, is to be a student, be, be somebody who wants to learn um, about other people, about people who don't necessarily look like you. And it, I think you'd be amazed at the appreciation that you can have for 
other cultures, for other backgrounds, for other experiences. And um, it'll, it'll definitely help you with that empathizing part. <laughs> it'll help you with that loving part too. <laughs> and it doesn't diminish yours. No, not at all. Right. To learn about other cultures, to learn about other ethnicities, it doesn't take away from who you are. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a great point, Jason. What I was also thinking, um, our conversation with Durin Gray mm-hmm. and the, the twofold side of reconciliation, um, the vertical and horizontal, and especially with, I think with the way we are probably taught or maybe subconsciously taught to think about race and to think about reconciliation and the like all of these things, probably the loudest voices are coming from mainstream media, right? Yeah. With a very clear agenda of this is how we think about it. Here are your marching orders. Now you go and parrot, you go and do. Um, and I think a lot of that happens honestly on a subconscious level, not in like a weird, you know, mind control type of way. That's not what I mean, but just you catch a lot of it and you internalize it. And, mm-hmm. um, I think with the gospel though, it pulls us out of that. And when we think about reconciliation, what Derwin was saying, what Pastor Derwin was saying about reconciled to God, the vertical beam of the cross, but also that we can be reconciled to each other. And he talked about um, the second Corinthians five, that Paul was saying that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, um, that this is something that is given to us. And we can't, we can't just opt out of that. And I think we talked about that with Anthony too. It's not something like an email we can unsubscribe from. Like we are, this is a part of uh, the role description of our discipleship of being like being Christians, being Christ followers. We, we, we follow the lead. We follow Jesus and Jesus was a reconciler and we're reconciled to Jesus. And we can, because of that, be reconciled to each other. And that is a part of the ministry of reconciliation that's given to us in second Corinthians five. And um, yeah, I, I just, I've been chewing on that. And I think that's really beautiful. And it's something that I think I feel like it anchored. It's, it's anchoring me. Um, cause with so many voices, with so many different people think like this, view it this way, say it this way. Um, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air to come back to, I, the source of this for me is Jesus. The mm-hmm. source of this for me is the gospel. I can do this. I can be empowered to do this because I am reconciled to God. So I therefore have a leg up in this of taking it, you know, the next step forward to reconciliation. I can do that because of the reconciliation I have with God. I can be reconciled to others. And so, yeah, that's something that's been, been sitting with me uh, really the, what the past two weeks now, since we recorded, I think with, with Derwin. So yeah. What about you? No, I, I was ending kind of on a, a similar note by, um, just going back and thinking back through the biblical perspective of this conversation and, um, even going all the way back to kind of what we were first talking about with this, you know, all people are made in, in God's image. So it puts us all on, 
a level ground in that sense. Like we should not think um, ourselves greater or better than anybody else. We were all mm -hmm. made with the image of God. Um, yeah. And then talking about what we talked about with um, AC and we talked about it, I think with Anthony last week too, when we spent time talking about the great commandment and our, our call to love our neighbor as ourself and just what that truly looks like. Um, that means, that means being there when our neighbors are hurting. That means being there. And um, when our neighbors are, are, are struggling or are in pain or are trying to speak out against something or about something, then to love our neighbors as ourselves is knowing that we would want somebody else to hear us too when we, um, when we are hurting or when we are struggling and we need to be loving other people just like we would um, love ourselves. And then that kind of raises the question of who is our neighbor, right? And that's just a great mm -hmm. question that Jesus addresses specifically. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, like you see this in the story of, of the Good Samaritan, right? And you just see this idea that the neighbor is not just the person that looks like you. It's also the person that's, that lives in the opposing town or the person that you think is of, you know, of the worst people group, right? Because the Jews right. and the Samaritans at the time hated each other. <laughs> and I, and I just love that example because Jesus in this story, he makes the Samaritan out to be the good guy <laughs> because he's the one who took care of the neighbor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that I'm sure at the time just kind of smacked the Jews in the face who were listening, be like, Whoa, wait, what is happening? Yeah. That was cold water for sure. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, so yeah, just the idea of remembering that your neighbor is anybody, anybody. Um, and then what we talked about too, um, a few different times was the bearing one another's burdens kind of stuff, the mm -hmm. burden sharing and, and whatnot. And, um, uh, and just everything that, 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 that truly entails of coming alongside other people, standing shoulder to shoulder and taking some of that burden off of them. And that's, you know, and that's literally putting yourself into the situation with them. If you are honestly doing burden sharing, then you are stepping into situations with people because you are taking that burden with them. Um, and so, yeah, I think just this idea of going back to the root, going back to, to God, going back to even the cliche question of what would Jesus do, which has become a bit of a cliche. The bracelets early, was it late nineties, uh, that craze? Oh yeah. I remember those bracelets like in junior high or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, a million different colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and again, it like, you know, it's kind of funny to, you know, to laugh about that, but, but the question is genuine in the sense that, you know, if we are ever in doubt or we're ever trying to understand or wonder what's going on or how we can approach things or like, it's okay to, to go back to Jesus and look, okay, so, so how would Jesus handle this? What would Jesus do in this situation kind of stuff? And the answer would always be love. It would always be based in love. And yeah. so, you know, if you, 
if this is if this is a, a conversation that I don't know if it's been hard for you or if you've been kind of excited by it and you want to step into it or if you're going uh like I don't know this all you know doesn't sound like what I hear on the news or whatever then ask yourself the question of okay I see these people are speaking out I see this whole group of our society is saying or is telling us that they are hurting what would Jesus do Jesus would listen, he would empathize, he would love, he would engage with, he would talk with, like, he would step into it. And mm-hmm. um, so I think just that, you know, importance of if you are truly doing some self-evaluation in how you're doing with this conversation, ask yourself, am, am I approaching things the way that Jesus would? And truly go back to the Bible and and read through the gospels and look at what Jesus actually did when he was talking with all different sorts of people. Yeah. And that's in, I think I'm, I'm going through Mark, one of the gospels right yeah, now. Yeah. And I'm reading like through about these healings that Jesus is doing and miracles. And it's easy to think like, yeah, they're all Jesus's friends and they, they deserved it. They deserved to be healed. It was the right thing to do, but we, in actuality, we don't know, yeah, what they were like mm-hmm. we don't you know um as far as like from the moral standpoint we have no idea what their morality we have no idea what they believe but we know that jesus moved towards them and we know that jesus healed and did miracles um and i think there's a, a really important nugget in that in i i would believe our culture would say move towards someone but only if they deserve your time only yeah. if they deserve your attention, only if they deserve, if they deserved it, if they've earned it. And that's super subjective to you because I, I don't know what qualifies as deserving for you. And we probably, we'd probably all have different answers of what that would look like. But we see with Jesus, we see him moving towards people, broken, flawed people who probably didn't quote unquote deserve the miracle, didn't quote unquote deserve the healing. Um, and Jesus is moving towards them. And we don't even know what happens after that. We don't yeah. know if there's this radical life change. At, like In some of the cases, we get a little more backstory of what happens after. But in, the, in a lot of them, we don't know. Um, and I think that that is intentional and blue, being a blueprint for us and giving an example for us of how we move towards people, how we empathize, how we interact with other people who aren't like us. Um, or that we would say, eh, not more, not worth my time. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's super important. That, that point is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've been thinking about, um, is the idea of advocacy that we, when we talked with Sarah Cruz, yeah. um, and she's like, I, my mom's white, my dad is Hispanic and indigenous. I, I quote unquote, doesn't necessarily have like a dog in the fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think her willingness to kind of what we're talking about, listen, to educate, to, to learn um, all of that coming from a place of, I want to be a reconciler. I want to be that, like that level of advocacy, um, not sitting on the sidelines and going, that really hasn't had anything to do with me. 
yeah. doesn't really affect my life. That doesn't touch my bubble. I got enough of my own issues and absolutely we, we all do. Right. Um, but I think it was something really admirable about the way she approaches this conversation with, I want to be an advocate because I want to be an advocate for truth and justice and grace and reconciliation. Like that's, that's what I'm about. And I don't have to have like be directly tied into it or it doesn't have to be directly within my sphere or within my bubble, but this is something that I can, I can step into um, and be an advocate. And she's not sitting on the sidelines. She's not saying, eh, not my issue for someone else, someone else's fight for someone else for another day. Um, but that she's moving into it. And she's saying like, you, she doesn't have all the answers. She doesn't have, um, you know, she's not writing a book on it, Yeah, but, yeah. but there's still plenty of work to be done. There's still plenty to learn. There's still plenty to know. And I, that, yeah, I just thought that she had a great perspective on it. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that pain is the sphere of the Christian, mm. right? Like seeing other people in pain, that should be a signal for the Christian. Like, Oh, like this person needs love. You know, this person needs, needs Jesus. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's our duty uh, as, as the hands and feet of Christ to be stepping into pain so mm -hmm. so you know you can't uh, the christian does not have the luxury of seeing other people in pain and saying oh that's not my sphere like that's not my area of you know yeah that, you know that's not my my thing right is and um yeah it's it can be hard and it can be uncomfortable <laughs> um but um, that's what, that's what we're called to do is we're called to be, you know, salt and light. We are called to go out. We are called to step into that stuff. And, um, yeah, it can be mucky <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, and it can, like you said, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. It can be hard. It, it is like, but that, that should be even more reason because our, our power or his power is made perfect in our week, our weakness is made perfect in his power or something like that. I forget the mm -hmm. exact word. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if there's a situation that you're stepping into where you feel like I shouldn't be here or this is I'm weak and like, that's perfect. <laughs> Great. Then it just leaves all the more room for Jesus to be in and fill. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, this whole conversation, this whole series has just been, has been great. I think, you know, I think we've heard from a lot of different people and heard a lot of different experiences and, and backgrounds and, and all that stuff. And what I hope that, that this conversation that you and I are having right now is, is it's kind of tying all the little pieces together. And um, hopefully it's making you think um, a little bit deeper and longer and harder about um, your thinking about the topic of, of race in the gospel, about, uh, about your approach, about, um, 
about where you stand as, as, as a Christian in this conversation. And um, yeah, I think like, I, I know it's been, it's been incredibly impactful for me and for in the conversations that we're having and for, I think for the church at large too, if you're having these conversations, then that's, that's good. That is a good place to be. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well said. Any other I don't have anything thoughts, to add. Brandon? Um, no, I, I really don't. I am excited to continue to touch on this more, to hit on it in the future. Um, like, like you said, Jason, we're not, um, we won't be doing weekly episodes, but we're also not um, canceling this, this series, this season. So yeah, more to come. Exactly. Exactly. This wasn't a season you know, it's been a conversation and the conversation is still going to be ongoing. So I think there's, that's definitely, there's more to say. Right. Um, Speaking more specifically about um, the schedule for this podcast. (laughs) um, Next week, we will be back with, with something new. We're still deciding on what that exactly is going to be. Um, But next week we'll have, have something (laughs) on Tuesday. So, um, and then um, we are talking already through what we would like our next season to be. So um, we can't wait to share that idea with you. In the meantime, we'll still have episodes coming up every Tuesday. Yep. So uh, fear not. And yeah, we just wanted to say that we love you. And uh, again, if you have any prayer requests or praises or anything, you're always Please welcome let us know. to let us know. Um, maturity at saddleback.com and that's all I got yeah so yeah let us know if you have prayer requests let us know if you have you're celebrating things in your life we would we would love to be a part of that and also hey if you have ideas I would love for you guys to talk about x I would love for you guys to talk about this or that email us maturity at saddleback.com leave us comments on our youtube page Um, we're monitoring that we're reading those things so yeah we'd love to hear from you guys Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys again next Tuesday. See you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Music